Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. This is Pastor Rebecca. And I'm Pastor Chad. And this past week, the story was the sacrificing of um, Isaac, or shall I say the not quite sacrificed Isaac. <laughs> so that was a fun, cheery story to do. The torching of teenagers. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I'm not a parent, but from what I glean, there are several parents that I think maybe every once in a while want to torch their their kids. But, there are you know. moments when parenting teenagers is indeed difficult yes, um, and challenging, stopping short of lighting them on fire. Yes. Challenging. Yes. So this, this story is always a challenge because um, for a lot of reasons. Does God test us in negative ways, right? Right. Does he I mean, does he ask us to do ridiculous things um, that are just completely well? Okay. So in our society, asking to kill your child is like I, it's we can't fathom it. We can't fathom a God that would ask that. Now, in Abraham's culture giving up your firstborn child um, as a sacrifice to the gods was sometimes what was demanded. In fact, um, in the Old Testament, uh, they they do get in trouble in Israel for doing exactly that. Um, there's a god named Moloch that uh, they tend to uh, sacrifice their their firstborn. There's a, you know, this fiery uh, place that's called the Valley of Hanom, where they would would sacrifice um, children, so it isn't outside the realm of what was sometimes demanded from the gods in Abraham's day. So that part of it is not quite as shocking in terms of it was. It, like if that were to happen today, it would be like what on earth are you doing in Abraham's day? It was a far more, I guess you would say common kind of thing. I mean, it wasn't happening all the time. It it happened. happened. It happened. So it, it, it's a struggle for us to even comprehend the notion that God would even ask that or demand that in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 I think it's, I, I struggle Anytime we're 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 posed with this idea of God testing us, um, does God put us in really crappy situations just to see how it will respond? To see if we're faithful. Um, I, I just like I, I struggle with that. I, I don't I don't know that it it fits theologically with who we believe God to be. And yet there's and, Job. And yet there there's the Book of Job, right? Yep. Um, and and and, there's, and Jesus is tested. Yes, you know Jesus is tested by, by 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 the devil as well. So, uh, but again, I, I think I think it's hard in our in our culture in our society to to even get to the point where we're willing to say that God puts us in bad situations to test our faith. You know, I mean, I mean that that's you know. So I'm going to give your kid cancer. To see if you remain faithful to me, like I, that doesn't necessarily fit with, with who I believe God to be. Right. Well, and and you have to remember too, there are a lot of um, 
things that happen in the Bible that are very specific to particular people that God was using for a very specific purpose. Um, Abraham wasn't your run-of-the-mill, just who, you know, whatever. No, God, he, was, he, he was, was the start of the tree, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you descendants to the multitude of the stars, which puts, you're right, puts Abraham in a very unique position in Scripture. Um, and I guess on some level, God needed to know that Abraham was in. Yeah. Like, are you in? Are you 100% in? Or are you kind of wishy-washy? Yeah. And... I guess. <laughs> well, it's... it's. I guess the way I kind of look at it is, it, it, Scripture is, is difficult because you do have God choosing and electing particular people for certain things. And, and God specifically chose Abraham. God specifically chose David. God specifically chose Paul. Um, God specifically chose Moses for particular things. Now, all of these people are flawed. And they're even flawed in, the, in, in their faith. Yes, there was this moment of testing where Abraham um, was willing to, you know, he, he just had this trust in God. He was going to take Isaac up. He was going to do whatever and trust that it somehow was going to all turn out. But there are other moments where he doesn't trust so much. Um, <laughs> Ishmael is a result of not trusting God's promise. Who's Ishmael? Ishmael is the product of Abraham and Hagar. Who's Hagar? Hagar is the Egyptian servant of Sarah, who Sarah gave to Abraham to sleep with. Who's Sarah? Sarah was Abraham's wife. So Abraham's wife, Sarah, yep. gave him her slave to sleep with. To sleep with. To produce a child. To produce scandalous. Yes. Scandalous. So they're right. I mean, there there is a moment in in that story yep. where let's just say trust wasn't a hundred percent. Trust wasn't a hundred percent when Abraham went down into Egypt and said, "Hey, let's say you're my sister instead <laughs> of my wife." And God had to get involved and you know give boils and stuff like that to people. Uh, so there are these, there are these moments of yes, absolute faith, and then there are these moments of well, I'm not so sure. I completely trust this, so I'm going to try and make this happen my own way. Yeah, and and part of that problem is God has His own timing, and we're impatient. Really little bit yes patience is not <laughs> my thing um patience is not my thing and so so i totally get you know when something's promised in, in simple terms maybe not even like divine huge terms like abraham or things that seem completely out of the realm let's be honest you know if if god came to me in um another 40 years, 50 years, and said, I'm going to bless you with kids. I'm like, oh, you already did. He's like, no, no, no. I mean, like, now, I I ain't buying it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I have a, 
a reasonably healthy faith, but you would probably laugh as hard as Sarah. I was did. I was gonna say I think I would laugh hysterically like Sarah did and be like, "That's funny." <laughs> um, I would laugh and then I would be horrified because no, <laughs> I would be like, "Wait, no, no." Differences. I think Sarah actually wanted that, so um, yeah, I think it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I, I mean, I mean, there, there's this Abraham's whole story requires a ton of faith. Yes, it's the like, I'm going to up and move my entire family and go into this land that I'm I I know nothing about. Um, moving I mean, is hard. Moving is is traumatic. Yeah, um, and and he's an he's an immigrant. He's he's going from the this place up near what was modern day kind of Turkey um, of of Haran. Well, originally he was from Ur, which is over in in like Iraq. And then he comes up into to this area of Turkey and Haran, and then he's told go down into the the land of the Canaanites and and go down there. Um, so he's kind of this foreigner that just sort of arrives and and um, is in this strange land along with his nephew. You know, he gets part of you know Lot comes with him, and and there's a moment there too of of sort of that that promise God made being in danger when he just says, "Hey, Lot, you 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 pick what you want." <laughs> you know, you you decide what you want and I'll take whatever you don't take. And it's kind of like, wait a minute, that's that's not quite what God told you to do, but you know, there's there's always that uh those elements, but that took a tremendous amount of faith that uh to to just up and move and and take everybody with you and and relocate into a completely foreign country. Um and there were probably even some language differences, I would guess. Because mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's not really similar to like you moving from Nebraska to Florida or me from Pennsylvania to Florida. I mean, we're talking like moving from the United States to a different country that doesn't speak English, right? Um, where where there's major cultural differences. Yeah, yeah, there's cultural differences in Nebraska and Florida and and but but not. I mean, they're all part of that, what we call the ancient Near East, but yeah. you have all these different tribes and, yeah. and everything, and they all have their own way of doing things, their own cultures, yeah. their own, you know, everything. And yeah, it, it, it definitely is a little bit, a little bit different. Um, yeah. it, it may not be quite as different. I mean, I don't know what some of the language barriers might've been. My guess is they're different dialects. Um, of of those the kind of Semitic languages of of that that time, um, Ugaritic, etc. And if of course back then I don't know me if if Abraham was speaking actual Hebrew, um, you know, yeah. we there there are those those questions of what exactly were, were, was the language of the time. And I, I have to admit, I don't know what the difference between the language that was up in Haran would have been versus down um, in in the area of the Canaanites versus the Egyptians. Yeah, point being, it, 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 takes, it takes a lot of faith to move. It takes it a lot does. of faith it to does. put your trust in God that you're going to have all these, uh, all these descendants and then you know, hey, here's my here's my firstborn, um, and I want you to go take take Isaac and and sacrifice him. Yep. Um, and the relationship between Abraham and Isaac after that, 
I, you know, you have to wonder a little bit. Um, I, I, so I, I said, you know, sort of jokingly on, on sun, Saturday and Sunday in the, in the sermon, but I, I think it holds true. I don't see, you know, Abraham and Isaac sitting down over a beer a couple years later and saying, hey, remember that time you were going to sacrifice me? Yeah, good times, Dad. That was good times. Cheers. I, I mean, that has to be... I mean, they got to the point of Isaac was bound on the pyre of, you know, with all the wood, and he had pulled his knife out, yeah, which about meant to be, he was ready to slit the kid's throat yeah, he was about before to be he gutted. set him on fire. Yeah. Um, and the angel had to come down and, like, stop his hand because, I mean, he was, like, in the action of, you know, going... <laughs> And I, I, that has to scar a kid. I'm sorry. I don't care how much faith in God you have. That had, had to scar you. Um, that yeah. your, your dad was ready to do that to, to that degree. And I, I do love the, how when they're walking, you know, and he's like, wait a minute, where's, where's, where's the sack? Gross. Where's the lamb? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Isaac finally starts cluing in that there's something not quite right And, here. and I, I, I really... I really want to see and hear inflection, inflection and expression um, because that I mean, is the beauty of telling stories orally versus written. I, and, and I know, you know, we, we, we sometimes yeah. think oral traditions get things wrong um, because, well, you know, they're just, but I, I think we miss something in an oral uh, without having an oral tradition of telling these stories that as those stories probably got passed down, there was inflection. There was a way in which that story got told yeah. that you knew what the... Yeah, I mean, was, was Abraham, when Abraham said God will provide the lamb, was that, you know, sort of like very, worry, very, very certain, God yeah. will provide the lamb. Don't worry, God will provide the lamb. Or was it God will provide the lamb? <laughs> Question worry. mark. Yeah. Don't um, worry. Don't worry, kid. <laughs> I mean, I think I think nervous laughter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think faith. If we look at the whole arc and 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 draw some clues, you know, I, I think there was some faith in Abraham's comment. Um, there, there had to be because um, if you think about. So God promised this child to Sarah and said, this is the child through whom I'm going to work all kinds of stuff. Yep. So for God then to turn around and demand that child be sacrificed didn't make a whole lot of sense, I'm sure, in Abraham's world where he's going, wait a minute. This is the kid that you have, you know, you have been faithful to your word yeah. All the way up through here. So why would you why would you kill him now? Why it doesn't would you make, kill him? Now? Why would you have me kill him now? It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, this, this, yeah. yeah. The, the, this, I don't know this. that I would be that rational in the time. Maybe I would, but I don't know that I would be that rational at the time and go, well, yeah, but I think blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, well, it's a tough sell. It it is. It is a tough tough one. It's a it's a tough story. It really is, and it's really difficult to talk about that with kids. Let me tell you. Um, as I used to tell our, our one of our former youth directors almost daily when she would sit there and look at some of these stories that she was having to to work with with the kids, I would say, Bible's not meant for children. Um, it, it's hard. Yeah, because it's like, well, hey, Especially this text, because it's like, you're a kid, and, you know, 
yeah, it's hard. Well, <laughs> and there's there is the potential there for a lot of um, abusive ways for parents to utilize a text like that. Um, in terms of, I mean, this isn't extreme, but I have no doubt it happens. Of parents telling their kids, well, you know, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his child, and you know, I'm. I'm just beating you or whatever. You know? <laughs> it's there's there's that there there's a way to twist it. There there's a way to really get that that scripture out of whack. Um and I don't think it would be too hard to do. It So is, I yeah, so I I I, cho I chose a happier path this week. Um I I think one path you take on this is the, the idea of sacrifice. Right. And then another path, and the path that, that I took this week was this idea of faith um, and, and God, God wanting us to be in relationship. And I think, I, I, I think that Abraham, you know, over a period of time, built that relationship with God, which built that trust, with, trust in God, which allowed him to get to the point where I, I think he had the faith that, I, I mean, I, I, I do question why Abraham had, you know, even to the point of raising his 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 knife, got there, yeah. got to that point where he still didn't pause. Um, but I, I think you know Abraham cultivated that relationship, and you know, and I also tied back to back to the creation story the week before. You know, God God created as good. Yep. God created as good, and I I just don't I just don't see a God that that destroys that um, and and breaks promises. And I think on some level Abraham knew that. But I think the other angle that we didn't talk about, and it's a much harder conversation, is this idea of sacrifice. Um, and sacrifice in our culture, not not from a human sacrifice or... Not, not yeah, giving up your firstborn child. Yeah, I'm not talking about you know often your kids or or your beloved pet or whatever. But you know what does sacrifice look like in our culture? You know, what does sacrifice look like um, in terms of love of neighbor? You know, what am I willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to do for the king, for kingdom work, uh, for kingdom of God work? To be to be abundantly clear, when I say kingdom, I'm not talking you know empire, American, you know your country. You know, ask not what your country can do for you. I'm not talking that. I'm talking, you know. What 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 are we willing to sacrifice for the betterment of of our brothers and sisters? Right. What's our, our personal sacrifice that, yeah. that we can do? And I think this is an extreme case, right? Right. Like sacrificing your kid is an extreme case. So I'm not I'm not talking that, but what are those things that we hold near and dear? And yet that... we do do that to some degree. I mean, when we're we're asking for things like um, defending our country. It's giving up. Uh, a lot of parents have to to give up their their child yep. to the to do that. Yeah, they're they're um, not they're not giving up with the idea of certain death. No, but there is a a it's notion a of of the risk of yep. um, you know. I actually met with someone yesterday, and their son is in the army and went to West Point, so he was committed for five years. Mm -hmm. um, and re-upped his commitment for another five years to join special forces. And you know, the 
the the parent I was talking to, like, you know, we kind of questioned, you know, are you sure you want to do that? Um, so th there is this notion of sacrifice. I think that's, you know, you know, you think the the jobs that are dangerous, um, you know, firefighters, police officers, military. You know, there is there is a level of sacrifice that them and their families, you know, look at and say, hey, you know, we know going into this that there is the risk, not the expectation, mm -hmm. um, but the risk that you know I will be I will be hurt, sometimes seriously and or sometimes lose my life. Um, but I think in our in our day to day world. Um, in our day-to-day -day world, even you know, to not, so not to go to that extreme with the sacri with sacrifice, but just in our day-to-day -day world, you know, are are we willing to give something simple and stupid? Are we willing to give up our Starbucks coffee in the morning for I don't know something? And so, like our tradition, we do that in Lent, right? Yeah. Which we won't. I won't go off on a rant about giving up things for Lent. But, you know, during Lent, you know, people thought, oh, it's so hard for me to give up my, my cup of coffee. Right. Well, and let's, let's face it. There, there is a reality in terms of um, our <laughs> the past year and a half of, of things that we have had to do that we don't like doing. Yeah. Um, for the safety of others. Yep. Um, that's inconvenient. That is, I don't like it. Um, it's uncomfortable. It's, you know, all those things. Where's and that, where are the fine lines? So some of the decisions are, are really, f for me, fine line decisions. Um, you know, especially when I look at, look at my kids, mm -hmm. um, and school and do you send them to school? Do you not send them to school? And, you know, all of, all of that, all of those impossible decisions that parents had to make. Not so much this year, but certainly last year during the school year, um, and, and then had, there, you had a moment of 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 fear where, yeah, um, you actually had a child that came down with COVID. Yeah, I'm assuming yeah. they got from school. I I, I would assume so. Um, you know, and you you don't know, and you have that you know, oh my god, like your first question is oh my god, everybody's gonna die. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I acknowledge that's a that's I, I don't need emails telling me this the statistics of number of people who contract and die, blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of people that die from COVID. Um, there's a lot of people that didn't die from COVID, and I'm grateful for that. I'm certainly grateful that my family is it's on... It's part of that statistic. It's part of that statistic. Um, but there is that there is that scary moment of, oh my God, my, my kid has COVID, and... Now what? Uh, and now what? You know, what for, what, for, what for that child? What for the rest of the family? Um, luckily for us, all good, all clear. Um, but you know, there's there's that. I'm thinking back to last year when you had the option to do virtual or in person, and all of all of the decisions and factors that you have to weigh. Um, we were fortunate, we're privileged that you know between my wife and I, we were able to kind of juggle, you know, having the kids home for school as long as we could, and part of that decision was also career. So if I send my kids to school, my kids come home with, you know, come home with COVID, not only do I have that issue, but then there's the risk factor of bringing it into the church. Right. Where we have, again, very vulnerable right. people. And, and at that point, vaccinations weren't a thing yet. Right. Uh, or va yeah, vaccines weren't a thing yet. So, you know, 
it was really, really just a lot of, a lot of stuff to weigh. So, you know, our sacrifice was, in, in a sense, maybe we sacrificed our kids in, in, some, in some fashion by not sending them to school. Um, I will tell you that I don't think that they got the best schooling um, working virtually from home. And I, was, it, was, it, was it an okay alternative? It was an okay alternative. Um, I don't think it was great. Um, but it was what it was. Right. It was, it, and it's like, know, so given all the other options. Yeah. So, so I, th I think we're, we're forced with choices and we, and we do make, I don't want to, I don't want to make it like we don't make any sacrifices. Um, we do, but, uh, you know, certainly when we're talking about monumental sacrifices for God, um, you know, are, are we, are we willing to, are we willing to do, are we willing to give up some things that we hold near and dear to us, you know, our, our idols, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, money's the easy one, like because our our our, our culture and our society is so um, so much revolves around economy and money. And that's and, usually the big sacrifice, and, and it's a huge sacrifice. To do. And you go, you know, am I willing to give up that for for something for my faith for for someone else for whatever? And, and I say that as as and we've talked about this on here and, and in person, um, you know, the generosity, you know, we, we have a very generous congregation that, you know, we're not, I, I wouldn't say we're, we're a congregation that lacks um, generosity. I think even with that said, what God actually asks of us is more than what we do. Hmm. Um, and I think that's hard. You know, it's like, well, what am I, what am I comfortable sacrificing? And as if sacrifice is something to be comfortable with. Right. And I think that's, that's one of the challenges we have. We're willing to sacrifice to a certain level of comfort, but when it becomes uncomfortable, and I have to think that Abraham had a level of discomfort at some point. You would I, hope. I would, <laughs> I would certainly think, and I would certainly hope. And yet in spite of that discomfort, Abraham pressed on. Oh, um, just trusting that this was somehow going to work. Yeah, I know. I know. For, is, I know. For going to work. Yeah, I know. For me and and our family financially, the capital campaign was a really good example. You know, you look at it and you go, "Can I give significantly to the capital campaign? What is comfortable? What is not?" And we're probably giving a little more than what's comfortable. Um, not to the point where we're in peanut butter and jelly land, and dinner is PB and J every you know, on a regular basis. Um, but that, you know, there's, there's a level of, there's, there's a level of comfort, uh, or discomfort in, in that, in that giving piece, you know, give until it hurts. I've heard people say, um, I've heard other people say, um, this, and this is actually one of my favorites. Don't, don't ask how much I should give, ask how much I should dare, how much should I dare to keep as sort of a nod to that. Mm. All of our stuff is God's. Yeah. Like how much can I keep? I, I think I think children I, I I'd like to keep and not sacrifice. Um, I don't want to pull an Isaac. Um, but it it's there's there's a lot in this text that you can really really kick around and 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 talk about what sacrifice looks right. like. Well, and hesitant to even bring this up, but there was a pastor colleague who is also working with the narrative lectionary who made a comment that kind of, I, I don't know what to do with it. I'll be honest. I, I, it, it, 
it, it was one that it made me think and I'm still wrestling with it. And I'm like, I really don't know that this is what was going on in this text. So I'm, I'm hesitant to, um, you know, say, Hey, here's a, here's another interpretation of this. And at the same time, it made me stop and think a little, um, even which is always I, good. Yeah. Which is always good. And what they said was, if you were willing to sacrifice something you loved so much, how much more willing are you to sacrifice someone you don't know? And and that was a and that's another way to look at it is well, I'm willing, you know, if I'm willing to 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 do this to my own kid, how much more willing are you to do that to other people's kids? And and that. I, I I sat there and I was like, you know, first kind of that oh <laughs> and, and I, I, moment. Correct you know? me if I'm wrong, but that was sort of a a jab at currents. I I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the at the same time though, like I said, it just it it made me stop and, and go, whoa, 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 what um one of the things with, with scripture and with you know talking about interpretations and things like that is I think we all have a visceral reaction to certain things yep. that, you know, we're like, no, immediately, you know, that's not what that means. I'm a little different. I, I mean, I sometimes I'll have that visceral reaction, but I also tend to stop myself and go, now let's, let's stop and think about this. Let's, is there a point to be made here? I think there is a point. I don't think it was the point of this story. I don't think that was the point that this story is was making or was about um, in particular, but it did then just sort of, you know, in the back of your mind, it brings up that, that sort of nagging little, wow, you know? That, so that, th this is, and, and we, we had this discussion and you're like, what do you think of this? I'm like, uh. <laughs> okay, that's one way to look at it, I guess. Yeah. And I think for me, I came down on the, that may be a true statement about humanity. Correct. I don't think it's about that. But story. I don't think it's a faithful interpretation of scripture. Correct. Like, okay, so Abraham, so, uh, to put it in context of this, so if Abraham's willing to sacrifice his kids, that means, or his son, then he's willing to sacrifice anything. Like, right. and anyone for the cause. And I, I don't, again, I, I'm with you. You know, it's it's an interesting statement to look at and kind of raises an eyebrow and you go, okay. And and I, I, I do think that largely speaking, and I'm not I don't even know I'm a verbal processor, so I'm kind of verbally processing this statement as I say it. I, I think we all kind of love our kids and do more and we'll we'll put our kids above other kids. So like if if you're if you're on the Titanic and the Titanic starts to sink and you want to make sure your kid is on you're that putting boat. your kid on that lifeboat. Yeah. I don't know that you're necessarily putting the other kid, someone else's kid, on the lifeboat instead of yours. Right. I don't. It, yeah. Instead of I, as opposed right. to in addition you know, to. If in addition to maybe, but instead of, I don't think so. So now I may or may not agree with the statement, but I don't think it's a faithful interpretation of. Of this, of this text, right, and, might be an indictment of humanity, but not this text, right. And and that was kind of where I was going with it, where I I I wanted to make sure it's one of those things. It was a statement that made me think, and at the same time, it was 
once I really, really kind of really was looking at the story, was thinking about it, I was like, this, I really don't think this is what's going on in this text in any way, shape or form. Um, I don't think that that's a faithful interpretation of it necessarily. Um, I, I think the, the person who was going there, I mean, they, I think that they, like I said, I, I, I understand where they were coming from. I understand, um, the point that they were trying to make. And because it is true that when, you know, it's, if it's not yours, you really don't care as much. It's like, it's not, it's not my thing, whatever. Sure. Let them give it up. Let them do whatever. Um, I got no problem with that, but when it's your thing, it's a different story. Yeah. And so I recognize kind of where they were coming from in making that statement. But again, I don't think it was a faithful interpretation of what this story tended to be or is supposed to be about. I, I really do think this story is about having absolute faith in the promise God had made. God had made a promise that said, this is the son through whom I will work. And to, you know, be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have, I'm going to, you know, ask me to do a crazy thing, ask me to do something that doesn't make sense. But all right, I'm going to do it. Um, and, and I'm going to have faith that, that, Something's going to happen. God will provide. God will provide the 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 lamb or the ram or whatever you want to call it. Um, and will make it so that this bad thing doesn't have to happen um, in this way. And you know, God was faithful, and and God did follow through on that. And take kind of a little bit of a turn. I think it's also important for us to note when we talk about the descendants of Abraham, there are a lot of non-Isaac related descendants of Abraham. Say more. So after Sarah died, Abraham remarried, married a woman named Keturah, and he had a myriad of kids with her. So um, Paul kind of goes into this at some point where he's sort of like, okay, you do realize when we talk about the children of Abraham, that's talking about more than just Israel. That's, that's not just the descendants of Israel. There's a promise attached to um, the descendants of J Isaac and then Jacob. Um, but it, you have to remember that also there is um, Esau in this story eventually, um, Isaac's children are Jacob and Esau. Esau has a whole bunch of kids um, that are not necessarily connected to the, the you know, the, this is through whom my special people, whatever. And yet there are a whole bunch of other descendants, including Ishmael's. Um, the Midianites were Ishmaelites, which is where Moses went. Yeah, and, 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 it, and sought refuge and married. So there's a lot of inter, you know, interconnectedness of of these these tribes, these families of of the children of Abraham. So when we talk about the children of Abraham, we're not just talking the Israelites. Right. It's it's a much broader, much bigger kind of thing. And so it gets kind of muddled when 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 you say, well, the, the children of Abraham. Yeah, those are some fighting words for some people. Yeah. Um, as, as we both know, yes, um, so. <laughs> but yeah, I, and again, I think 
we get, it, go, it kind of goes back to that inclusion. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we want to, if though if they're in, then is there room for me? Right. And I think we, you know, we have, again, we have this, sometimes we, we, we lean towards this God of scarcity rather than a God of abundance. Um, you know, is the, if there's grace for those people, is there enough grace for me? Um, if there's a place for those people, is there a place for me? And, and the answer is, is God's always yes. Like, yeah. you know, we, we can only, our, our brains can only sort of comprehend the finite. We have trouble with the infinite. Like there, there's, there's a whole huge, you know, I don't know what word I'm looking for. The, the, God is way bigger than we, than we can possibly imagine. And God is capable of way more than we can possibly imagine. And I think sometimes we get stuck in our heads based on what we can, what we can perceive. And God is so much bigger than that, that, you know, I, I think, I think we, we really need to recognize and sometimes pause and, and and maybe maybe an easy way to look at it, or, or a good way to look at it, is you know cre- creation. You know, we talked about cre- creation last week. I think it was last week. Um, you know, and you you talked about you know was it a twenty four hour period, whatever. Well, we can comprehend a twenty four hour period because it's what we're used to. We 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 can wrap our head around that. We have trouble wrapping our head around you know a period of creation. Where, billions and yeah. right or whatever that millions that, and billions whatever that time frame is but i think if you take a look and just pause and look at creation and go how in the hell could any one person create that oh because a person can't exactly but god can and did yeah. and i think maybe that for me that's a that's a way for me to kind of do a self check and go Oh yeah, I may not be able to. I may not be able to wrap my head around it, but when I look at the magnitude and the beauty and and the wonder of creation, childbirth is another thing. Like how that whole thing works. Um, I, I mean, there are so many moving parts. No pun intended. There are so many moving parts and pieces that have to be timed perfectly and laid out perfectly that for it to all work and and produce a human being, like like it 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 doesn't make sense in my head other than I've seen it happen that, you know, there's a human being living inside of a human being. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's it, just, it, I can't, I can't always wrap my head around how that's actually a thing process as opposed to just laying an egg and right. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and, and you, I mean, you look at creation and, and you just look at the beauty of creation and you go, Oh, like, I, I don't know that I can wrap my head around how this is a thing. But I think when we're able to look at something tangible like that, and they go, oh, God did this. I think it for me it, at least, and maybe I hope for you as well. It can it can expand your 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 idea of what God is, and, and is capable and of. is capable of. And you go, oh, so God's love is capable of so much more than I could possibly. God's right. forgiveness is is what, so much more than I'm possibly. I, I think where where of. we get stuck though is when we know God is capable, but God doesn't seem to do it. Yes. That's that's where we get. Well, and then do we go back to this sense of time? Yes. Right? Go back to the sense of time. So if creation wasn't a 24-hour period, which, again, I hate to break it to you two weeks in a row, um, I don't think creation was you know, one day at a time. I don't think that was the point of the story. Not yeah. the point of the story. Um, 
know, so God's timing is drastically different than ours. Yeah. Um, and, 400 and, and, years before he finally went, oh, maybe I ought to do something about my, my people being slaves in Egypt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's been 2,000 years since, since Jesus was uh, crucified and then raised from the dead. And, you know, we keep having all these things in Scripture saying, I'm coming very soon. And we're like, I, okay. What soon? Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. For me, not again, not a patient person. Soon was like a long time ago. Well, but I think that's part of why but. also we always have this this sense. Every period in history has this impending sense of this is it. Our, our generation, this is it. This is the end. Um, you know, yeah. Luther thought it in his time. It was, you know, it's yeah. it, it's been an ongoing. You know, Paul thought it in his time. He's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, let's let's all get ready because Jesus is coming back and. Um, you know, most of us aren't, are, are, are going to live to see that. And then people started dying off and it was like, oh, wait a minute, maybe this isn't happening as rapidly as I thought it was going to. And I, and I, I do think we just have that, that sense of, of things don't always, you know, we know God is capable of doing what we want him to do. Right. And so if God is capable of doing what I want him to do, why is God not doing what I want him to do? Yeah. Especially when it involves something like um, the death of someone, um, the cancer, something along those lines where, where it involves that. It's like, why is God not healing? Why is God not, you know, leaving this person with me? That is probably one of the biggest struggles, I think, for a lot of people is how is this what God wants, you know, in any way, shape, shape yeah. or form? And yet the reality is we all die. And we all recognize that that has to happen at some point. Yeah. And how is it that God requires sacrifice of my firstborn? Yeah. Well, Abraham had faith that that wasn't actually what God wanted. Yeah. And move forward. Yeah. I don't know if this, I don't know if this coming week is any cheerier. Yeah, this coming week is uh, Jacob stealing his um, his brother's birthright, and then having to run far, far away because his brother wants to kill him. <laughs> Stay tuned for another exciting episode. Sibling of rivalry is always fun. Pastor Chad struggling through a text. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's that's always the the fun uh, elements of some of these stories. They're messy. But life is messy, people. But, but here's the thing about why I think I'm a Christian. <laughs> uh, honestly, this is part of why I'm a Christian, is there was a period in my life where I was, you know, kind of like, hmm, you know, what do I think about all of these things? The biblical stories were messy and imperfect and that is what drew me in and said, you know what? I believe this because this is how life is. If you were going to craft it and you were going to write it up Hollywood style, I would it, do would, it, this it way. would all be hallmarky and happy. It would be the way we try to teach it to our kids. Yeah. It wouldn't be the yeah. reality of, of some of these stories just being kind of horrifying. The fact that it's messy, the fact that Jesus' disciples were messy people, you know, again, I, I think is it, I, and I agree with you, I, I think for me, because it's not perfect. Because our it, gives, it makes me feel like I have a chance. Our tendency, especially with you know faith stories or whatever, is we idealize and we sanitize because we don't want quote the heroes of our faith to to have all these flaws and problems or whatever because yeah. 
if they have those flaws and problems, what chance do I have? Um, and, and that's the whole point. It, I know, but the at whole the point same of time, scripture and the whole point of Christianity is that you don't have to be this perfect, have it all together person. We strive for it. We strive to be better. We strive to do better. But there's that grace element, and there's that Jesus element. And, and there is still, though, even within you know, even within Christianity, there is yep. still certain expectations of perfection and expectations of of presentation and expectations of and and it's such a balance of recognizing no we're messy and abraham was messy moses was messy paul was messy um you know the only one who wasn't really all that messy was jesus um but you know even he does things sometimes that we sort of go wait a minute um not that it was a sin necessarily but you know it's kind of like oh wow i don't know that i would okay (laughs) yeah it's like that that was harsh jesus yeah um and so you know that 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 balance and i think we have a hard time with that because when you're sitting in the pew and you're listening um you you are coming from a particular place an expectation and sometimes what you hear maybe doesn't fit that expectation and doesn't fit what um, you're wanting or needing or, you know, at that moment. And I think that can cause some problems too, because there's a lot of stuff out there that in the Bible that when we talk about it, that can sound very, very much gospel to one person and very condemning to someone else. Yeah. And that's and that's the hard balance. And that's of, that hard balance of law and gospel of of it does both of those things. Is yep. it is going God's word is going to cut both ways. Yep. It's going to condemn, but it also gives comfort. And it can do this in a variety of ways. It can first condemn you and then give you comfort. Or it can just affect different people different ways, where this person's hearing this story as, oh my gosh, this is me. Oh, I needed to hear this. And another person is going, uh, excuse me? Right. Um, are you telling me I'm not good enough? I'm not doing X, Y, or Z, and I'm, you know, I I I'm the wrong person in this story. <laughs> um, and those are those are hard things to to grapple with as well. And um that's I think one of our struggles as we go through the narrative lectionary of a lot of these these stories is and I am one who I never knew, I, you know, I say this repeatedly, I never break up, well, it's Old Testament and New Testament, and the Old, the Old Testament is, is all law, and the New Testament is all gospel, because that's not how it is. Sometimes it's easier to find the gospel in the New Testament and harder to find it in the Old Testament, but it's there. Yeah, yep. because the point is, is Jesus is a continuation of Yep. He is a an embodiment. There's of, a reason they're both in the Bible. Yeah. The Old and New Testament and not two separate books. Well, and well, two separate Yeah, and Jesus is the books. embodiment of it. He yep. is like I am the law and the prophets yep. all in me. Yep. So everything you're reading in there that is all tied up in who I am and what I am. And so these stories as messy as they are are all a part of of who and what Jesus is as well. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think sometimes we get sidetracked a little bit on that and and we think Ugh, these old testament stories they're awful um well we'll see how you feel this week <laughs> you know they're 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 just awful and they're a downer and they're you know blah 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 and yet 
there is still God acting in the midst of all of this in a way that is consistent with who and what Jesus is when he comes onto the scene, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's all tied together, but um, that's not a new problem. We had, there were, there were a lot of early Christians that kind of tried to separate the New Testament out from the Old Testament and say, these aren't even the same God and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's messy and it's hard. And at the same time, I think that's part of why we have decided to do the narrative lectionary is we know it's messy. We know it's hard. But, but it better forms our faith. Yeah. It, and for it, me, better appreciate Jesus in the end. Yeah. Having gone through the Old Testament. Yeah. And it, and it really, really at least for me, gives me just a, a deeper understanding of scripture as a whole. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So, and, anyway. ho and hopefully you too. Yeah. Hopefully you too. So stay right. tuned because this week will be messy. Yeah. This week's going to be messy. Although I hope not. We'll see. Jacob and Esau and, and, and the promises God still kind of has to keep in the middle of that mess. Yep. I'm still staring at the pages. We'll see what happens. Yep. Stay tuned. All right. So we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.